Welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Firon. We call the basis of the podcast series an action, social inaction. And an action research is the name of our webpage, anactionresearch.com. Who is the hour? My son Dave and I. We are both very interested in the convergence of conversation as practice and practice as it is enacted through conversation. That juncture can be seen in a sample of conversation as short as 30 seconds, <laughs> if you know what to look for. So in this conversation, Dave will review some of the points of what to look for when trying to understand how relationships are formed and lost, how emotions are improved or, or worsened, and how the topic of conversation, which starts at one point, can quickly change to an altogether different one in the blink of an eye. It's quite remarkable, and I hope you agree. So this is Dave and Dad. Well, I am taking us to school with my son, Dave. Back when we first started this podcast series, Peter Vale and I, we decided that conversation was the way we were going to be going through the semi-outline of the manuscript called Practice as a Way of Being. And as it turned out, we got so interested in ideas as they flowed back and forth in our conversation that Sometimes we forgot where we started and didn't care. <laughs> so conversation has always been a fascination. So I brought in uh, Dave, who has done a lot of thinking and, and writing about social inaction, because that is the realm of conversation. So it ties together practice and conversation as a framework. And Dave and I'll talk through that uh, for your benefit, and then we'll take it maybe a little further on uh, about some, uh, some ideas for use. Dave, hello. Hello. <laughs> uh, so collaborative change scopes down to moments. Now think about this a minute. It scopes down to moments of conversation, just a few minutes, and we have collaborative change happening. We're talking about huge changes in the world right now that we see, yet when we look very closely at even the most impactful changes, we can find people in conversation where the ideas about that are morphing and changing and flowing along as people take turns talking. It sounds so simple, but it's the way society is sustained, I think. Dave can correct me. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> in fact, there's a big uh, two-person conversation going on in the world right now between world leaders. So uh, it, it, it does put it in perspective. Now, change actually emerges as enacted practice. This is an idea that Dave will be talking about in more detail. But why did we call our webpage social inaction and action research? 
It's a, it's a rather different kind of word. We don't use it every day, and Dave will explain it and why it is so important to understand inaction and practice because both happen in the moment. There is no practice before or after the moment. It's in the moment. Memory or recording or other devices can capture what was said and done doing his practice. But that moment is what we're going to focus on in this conversation tonight. To give you a little heads up, we're also going to be presenting these ideas at a conference of management and organization behavior professors, a virtual conference coming up in a few weeks. So this is a bit of a rehearsal for that. So what we'll do is explore what is revealed in the briefest moments of three levels of conversation and how that prompts collaborative change practices. Dave, take us to the next step. Okay, um, and we're going to give a um, an example of a previous podcast guest, and um, I'm going to step us through uh, a little clip of a, a conversation between uh, your host and uh, Deanna Pendleton, which um, I forgot to note which number podcast they were on, but um, it's a uh, what we're going to do is is use this perspective of social inaction to, to think about a different way of listening to conversation. Um, normally, when we listen to conversation and, and interact ourselves, we're mostly focusing on the topic. What are people talking about? Mm -hmm. But can you also and maybe even simultaneously listen to how people build their talk as as a practice? Hmm. Um, and and also how do they manage social relationships so as a practice there's a practice of conversation there's a ways of of mixing all the different levels of linguistics right up to very common ways of of constructing conversational interaction and then there's also simultaneously and constantly mostly even more subtle ways of managing social relationships through what you say through gestures through the colors of someone's skin, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, you know, if they blush, all kinds of different ways. So, um, so it can, and when you have a recording and when you have a transcript, then you can start um, pulling apart the different elements that might be hidden within those other levels of conversation, and and then think about what would that, how would that matter for understanding concepts such as organization. Uh, change um, and and practice and can we notice them as we listen to how talk progresses? So um, I talk next about what we mean by social inaction, um, and I, I introduced this I think probably in our first talk, but it's a term that I'm using to bring out three common meanings of the term enact. Um, one is to perform it's a uh, talk is a performance conversational participants orient their talk to each other and to what could be mutually understandable and relevant to each other treating each person as an audience uh, to hmm. their own to you know to what they say so it is almost this dram dr dramatic dramaturgical uh, notion of performance 
um, but it's it's also a way of doing. And in doing, there's the next um, definition of an act is to bring forth in this performance. Through it, participants develop topics. They categorize people, things, events, um, and both directly and also with uh, an applied context that that participants in conversation are, are also building and bringing forth and maintaining that mutual understanding. And it's that mutual understanding that's that's key. Oh yeah, if, if that breaks I, apart. Then then your, your conversation breaks apart. Let me uh, let me break apart for a moment here because I think. <clears throat> That notion of implied context is uh, ties very much into the way we've defined. Uh, Peter and I have uh, said practices of achieving results in changing circumstances and learning wherever the context your practice brings you to. So this notion of context is very important. But it, you're saying in a way that the context is created in conversation. Very much so. Yep. And and if you're thinking of this this practice of an action, you're really not thinking of deep past. You're not deep thinking of the future. You're thinking of how people bring forth uh, indications of what they're talking about at the moment, which might mm -hmm. be past, which might be future. Mm -hmm. But it, but it's and it's really that mutuality that um, bringing forth the, the social in that moment and through that action. Mm -hmm. And um, and a third part of that, though, is um, can, it's kind of a stretch of the definition of an act to act from authority, to to use what people say and what each person ought to know in order to warrant and hold each other accountable to what's being said, to what became before, to the relevant social context at the moment. People are kind of invoking those, but also um, holding each other accountable in the sense that if you were to do a disagreement, you, you would tend to do so in a way that's, that has an explanation based on what someone might not assume or might not know about the immediate moment. So, and, and part of the consequence of um, holding each other accountable, warranting action in what was said and done and what people ought to know is that they also are simultaneously managing relationships and the quality of the ongoing social relationship. Mm. So in order to argue, this is a something you'd enact through your performance, but but um, it would be something that has consequences for the, for the immediate relationship as well. I know, having looked ahead a little, that this notion of relationships is going to be something we're going to be watching for in the clip with Deanna. But I also remember um, way back when you were doing this re research originally, uh, you came to one of my classes and you, you talked about close and distant. It was such a powerful idea. So right in these moments, maybe this is where authority kicks in, depending on how uh, the other aspects of an action are, are working at the time. People could be either drawn closer to each other or something could be said, or this could be a gesture or anything and that move them apart. Is, is, is that close to what you taught me months yeah. and years ago? Yeah. That's pretty, little... pretty significant, I think for uh, social. 
Yeah, and it works pretty well. I, mean, I think the clip that we're doing is pretty much um, two people who are in agreement and and um, have a you know, maintain a good social relationship. But but we'll we'll also though look at the social relationships in that people talk about. Um, mm. You know that that's part of it as well. So. Um, so what we'll do now is look at this little clip and um, we're going to watch a conversation being performed and following along these three levels of an action, but, but also looking at three levels of an active practice, which we can look at the, the topical, the conversational and relational. So topically, what are the two people talking about for each other at each moment? So this is, and as we listen to this, this is sort of, again, the ordinary way of listening. Mm -hmm. But we could also look at some of the conversational dynamics. How is the sociolinguistic practice of talk being built up as a topical organization mm. during that moment? And there's, there's a whole field of, of research that, that gets into that, which I won't get into lots of terms, but you know, just taking turns at talk, mm -hmm. telling stories, interrupting, acknowledging one another. These are all things that have to be um, done. And most of the time we don't even notice we're doing it. That's and right. then and then the relational level, we'll look a little bit about that. What's the emerging quality relationships <clears throat> participants are building with each other and, and the relationships being talked about. And uh, um, we, you won't be able to see the video, but um, we're post, we've, we've already posted a, a version of this on the website where you can actually see this little clip. Yeah, um, and see idea. the emotional performance and facial expressions and gestures that go along with it. So um, let's try this and see if it if it works. Um, and I'm going to play just a few. I'll do the conversational exchange in two parts and then kind of go through um, an analysis of each of the levels of the of the two parts as we go. Mm -hmm. um, so oh, wait before you start. Mm -hmm. It, 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 you know, there's a history of who these two people are and all the rest, but really all that matters for our eye right now in our ear for the podcast is what's happening when two people are talking with each other and maybe not without any setup as to who, who everyone is and what their backgrounds is. It might be even more revealing how important you, it is to listen carefully for those three levels. And then we can kind of reveal a little bit more later. But I, I guess we can say that Deanna is her name and Dave is the name of the person speaking with her. And, and it is on a podcast. So she's speaking for an audience. Uh, no yes, that's being she's recorded. well aware that it's the public, <laughs> the public talk. Yeah, that's important to note that. So, uh, yeah. so let's, let's do it. try to make sure I can actually... And uh, it's been, you know, like I said, as, as, as much of an education as this has been and how much I've enjoyed it, for me, actually going through these conversations with some of my friends who are small business owners, you know, who are entrepreneurs, who are trying to figure out how to find the way forward in this, you know, perpetual state of digital transformation. We've pretty much understood now that you're never going to be transformed and then finished right it's going to be a oh. never-ending cycle of put, put um, an ing after transform being, we're transforming exactly <laughs> we're transforming almost yeah. daily you know 
Okay, sorry, I was clipping a little, clipped a little bit of that, but um, so I'll, I'll kind of semi read some of the transcript as I as I go, and okay, um, a little, just a little bit of context is, is if you could hear, she's kind of talking um, uh, broadly, but she was. Uh, this comes in where she's continuing a point on reevaluating her level of impact for a fast-paced short-term sales project that she's been part of um, <clears throat> and is building off there. So this this moment topically is building off to a more broad point um, about the perpetual transformation that's in her industry. Um, mm. So that's your topic then? Huh? Yeah, that's the topic. And, uh, you know, you could tell that, that Dave... Uh, also following along with a topic and um, ex expands it by, you know, saying, putting an ing after transform. But, you know, you could tell, but both both parties certainly recognize the topic, but but how do they do it? Um, some of the aspects you could sort of think about at the conversational level. Um, um, so she says, and, and it's been like, as I said, as much of a education as it's been and how much I've enjoyed it for me going through these conversations with my friends who are small business owners, you know, who are entrepreneurs and are trying to figure out how to find a way forward in this. So she's using how much I've enjoyed it as a preface and example that she's building up as kind of a contrast mm -hmm. that's going to emphasize um, and build upon a, her prior characterization of this, this commentary about, digital transformation. Um, so, so a way of, of making that point. And then uh, Dave comes in with a laugh and put an ing after transform. We're transforming using that. And, and the way he does it by actually overlapping her top is a way of um, emphasizing this notion of transform. And, and in, and in that way, emphasizing uh, and agreeing with her point, and and that agreement becomes that little moment of of relationship. So, mm -hmm. from you know, she's she's an, a, telling a little a story, an example that at a duration, relational level kind of acknowledges the value of work relationships, um, and in contrast with this unfulfilling pace that she's driven to in her in her job. Oh yeah. Um, and then she also mentions friends. Um, so there's kind of this community of people in similar conditions. So, mm -hmm. so even this notion of solidarity around the common struggle is kind of a relational level as well. Mm -hmm. And then Dave comes in with a laugh and an agreement, um, which, which can accomplish or enact this commiseration. Yep. So you have, you know, that these, all these moments and then, so, so now as they continue, they are um, at this point of agreement, um, and she can now continues her example. Transforming almost yeah. daily, you know, yeah. our long-term business plans now are are six months. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> the gone are the days of the five years strategy yeah. plan. So, 
yeah, I've um, made the decision to, you know, my job, they informed me that was uh, my job was going to Singapore and that I'd be uh, have the opportunity to, you know, reapply and, and try to see if I could get into uh, the same business unit that I was in in Singapore, which was even further away from my family. And it was really interesting for me that as, as you know, driven as I am and you know how type A that I am and goal oriented <laughs> that I am normally, I feel 20 year old Deanna probably would have been like, okay, I'm yeah. packing my bag. Bag, and bags are packed. Yeah. Where's the dog? <laughs> Will he let me bring the dog? <laughs> and so, um, so, so she's kind of gone. So we going again, topically, um, you know, she's, she starts with this broader point about, Reevaluating her level of impact, um, and and talking about her friends uh, in the industry are making this balance between you know the fast pace um, and <clears throat> missing that uh, those um, relationships with the customer. But now she's she's talking about. So I made a decision. You know, my job. They informed me my job was going to Singapore and that I would have the opportunity to reapply and see if I could get into some same business unit that I was in, uh, in Singapore, which is even further from my family. So right now she's in, um, uh, Dubai. Dubai. <laughs> so yeah. she's, <laughs> you think you're close to your family when you're in Dubai, you think how far you'd be when you're in China. Yeah. So, Singapore. um, yeah. So, so the way, you know, so note the way she's phrasing it, um, she's explaining a, a decision, but then uh, indicates that her company is asking her to reapply, reapply for the Singapore job transfer. Um, and, uh, and then she continues um, indicating it's further from her family, but she would normally go for it. And Dave, um, agrees with this portrayal. Yeah, my bags are packed. Where's the dog? Will they let me bring my dog? Um, so conversationally, um, we could kind of focus on how she did this, um, how she how she portrayed herself as, you know, basically being transferred um, after being quite successful with, with the work she'd been doing in Dubai. Mm -hmm. So so she starts out. So I've made a decision to, you know, my job starts out talking about herself, her decision. And then they inform me my job was going to Singapore. So cutting that off in the first person and going to more of a passive voice, my job was going and that I would have the opportunity to reapply. Um, so you can almost hear that corporate speak. And the way yeah. of doing that corporate speak, yeah. jumping from the personal to the impersonal. So I yeah. made a decision, you know, my job, they informed me, my job was going to Singapore. Yeah. Um, and then, and then back to, uh, which is even further from my family and then continues. I, I'm normally, um, I'm goal oriented and normally I feel 20 year old Deanna would be like, okay, I'm packing my bag. And Dave says, yeah, bags are packed. Where's the dog? Will they let me bring my dog? So he's kind of expanding on that kind of hypothetical um, yeah. example that, that she gave. Yeah. But it's really kind of interesting at the relational level when you, when you start looking at how she has, she's framing this um, basically being told not just to that her job was transferring, but that she has to reapply for her own job. 
Yeah, that, that was a moment where, where you know, another aspect of what you've talked about in other podcasts is this notion of shame and yeah. pride. Uh, and I think that would have been a really key moment since that announcement about her company making that change came out of the blue, to me anyway, or to mm -hmm. Dave. And so you've got that key moment there where the next few words, next few sentences uh, could have made this a very awkward public podcast episode uh, for 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 her and and for Dave. So uh, let's see how. What do you think? What's what's what follows here? How did how did they hold that together at the relational level? Yeah, I mean it. Well, yeah, because it is it. Is, you know, so I've made. So let's see how she started. If she had continued, okay. so I've made. I made this decision. You know, my job. You know, she kind of almost started out. I've made I've made the decision to do something about this this transfer, but then um, maybe reframing it in this then this passive voice way. They informed me my job was going to Singapore, and that I would have the opportunity to re reapply. Now, from your perspective, all of a sudden it's like she's mm -hmm. now given an account. Mm -hmm. for having to change a job and it's no longer her, her clearly her, just her decision mm -hmm. it's a decision made made for her mm -hmm. and then even using that passive voice is kind of a way of demonstrating um you could almost call it the sense of corporate disrespect mm -hmm. um to make someone who's been very successful then go and compete for her own job somewhere else mm -hmm. um and, uh, you know, and, and then you can even go from there and say, well, it, it, being a woman in a technology job, man's world, and even in, in the Middle East, even more of a man's world, probably in the business oh, yeah. world. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, so, so really, you know, you can kind of build out from there, but, but it's a, just that moment. And it's not, and, you know, she, she's, you've already kind of done agreements and, and she could expect some some sympathy but there's various ways of doing sympathy too so if you look at she continues with um you know i was in singapore which would be in singapore even further away from my family um it was really interesting to me as driven as driven as i am to you know how type a i am mm -hmm. so kind of calling upon your knowledge of her mm -hmm. and goal oriented that i'm normally i feel 20 year old Diana would be okay. So she's doing this justification, um, somewhat self deprecating, self deprecating way to explain her decision. Yeah. Um, and then when you have the next turn, which, which you kind of jump in with, you are doing kind of a, yeah, my bags are packed. Where's the dog? Will they let me bring my dog? So you're kind of building upon the example that that she was portraying and 20, the 20 year old Deanna would have yeah, jumped, most likely have jumped on it. And I think what I was doing is agreeing with her that I knew her being what she just described goal oriented type a from way back. And in a way, I think I was trying to hold on to the relationship because I had a had only had an instant to think about what she just told me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but you did it in a in a 
well, there's ways of there's ways of doing. There's ways of putting your foot in your mouth. Oh yeah, I'm being disrespectful. But I think um, the you know the instinct here, the way they the way it was portrayed, would be to at least show some respect, some solidarity, some commiseration, perhaps. Mm-hmm. I think we could stop there. Um, you know, we could there's certainly more that the conversation goes along with. But I I think this kind of gives the sense um, in this, in even this, you know, interview publicly displayed self kind of situation that, that all three of these dynamics are at play. And, and you can really just take these little clips and build and build and build upon them to get more and more details, or you can um, take longer uh, stretches of talk, a full conversation, or some crucial moments. If you, if you did have a recorded negotiation or something like that, or, mm-hmm. or, uh, or, um, or taping the, your, the, your latest argument with your spouse, that, that could be fun too. <laughs> <laughs> but, there's, <laughs> but there's, uh, you know, you can see this building of this, the, the, the topical, but also the conversational which is doing some of these mechanical ways of, of orient, organizing what you want to do with a talk. So, so in order for her to, like in this last bit, in order for her to explain how she, her decision, so the, her initial thinking about this decision that was forced on her for changing her job, she did it conversationally by kind of stopping one direction and re- that was more direct and about herself and then switching to passive voice. And you'll see the more you understand the dynamics of conversation, you see lots of little, very common ways that we, that we use our conversation um, and even pauses and overlapping talk and interruptions mm-hmm. to do this relational work. In addition to, managing the topic that you're trying to um, get the other person to mutually understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, it, it's very delicate. Uh, and it, it could be a conversation about uh, the, the weather in a way initially, but if, as it gets started, if you want to have it go beyond that to, uh, and by the way, my name's Dave, what's yours and, and build it into something on a continuing basis how you've even handled that first exchange as a, as a practice of conversation could end up with some saying, well, no, I've got to run or yeah, let's take another minute. I'll tell you a little bit more about myself. So that's like the most innocuous points, but there's stakes, there's the stakes for good quality conversation, a la relationships that, that come from those comments are very high in many, many sorts of business uh, aspects um, from selling to, you know, negotiating a, uh, a contract, what, wherever the moments are, have results that could be enacting something better or worse for the participants and the, and the organization that they have enacted in their heads in that moment is pretty pretty significant isn't it dave yeah yeah and sometimes you're you're trying to juggle um you know the the corporate message message that you've been 
mm-hmm. given like in a sales negotiation, you know, you have to have, you, your boss is making you get at this price mm-hmm. and the other guy's boss is making them get to that price. And yeah, at some point you're mutually trying to figure out how to, how to um, appease both bosses. <laughs> Probably and people then, start to level each other at that point. Yeah. And, and <laughs> as well as it, this, this person you're, you're having that negotiating with, you might want to be seeing, her again, you know, for another negotiation, another. So you don't want to uh, have a conversation that uh, that sputters and dies. Uh, it makes it harder to recover. The next moment, you can get that person to talk to you about some aspect of the of the sale that was just made, or something else that you'd like to do. And I think one of the neat things, Dave, about bringing our eye all the way down to a very few seconds of conversation, you know, with this larger context sort of uh, out there, but you can, rather than paying attention to every, every sight and sound, you, you hone in with the tools you mentioned, like a good recording or a good video or good transcript, you hone in on, and you put a bracket around a small piece of conversation. And I think the the audio is better even than the written transcript because you hear the sounds. You hear mm-hmm. uh, sort of a a little bit of a self-effacing laugh on her part, just just a moment of, <laughs> well, you know, and uh, those are things that don't always show up unless you write right right into the into the analysis which you used to do self-effacing laugh <laughs> yeah yeah you, you, there's like software now where you can code all these kind of things right onto yeah. the video and 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 transcript so um yeah but it it's also i've you know knowing these different levels for so many years i i can't say that i've ever gotten myself into those zen moments where i'm able to to pay attention to all three levels at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every now and then I remember to, to notice the relational dynamics, um, but then forgetting what I'm talking about. So I think the brain is really, the brain hides those, those two levels that yeah. largely hides the, the um, conversational, especially because that's like, you know, thinking about all the muscles in your hand as, as you're, are trying to play the piano and telling each <laughs> finger what key to press. And similarly, I think the relational too is is more, and it's probably like one of those right brain, left brain things where there is a big, very large part of your cognition paying it very close attention to that. But it's not always telling your speaking part of your brain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until you, until. Uh, someone either makes it very clear that you've ignored something mm-hmm. important in the relationship or um, or you just notice you, you may I've always thought that feelings are communicative even to yourself parts of your body and, and brain are talking to other parts of the body and brain mm-hmm. so you'll notice why am I feeling edgy at the moment yeah. oh I see <laughs> yeah and yet I'm you don't really fired you know? yeah but, uh, or relocated if i yeah. want to apply for my job yeah. and, and compete for my job which is another one of those things that happen in corporate america all the time you, know, mm-hmm. you can we're doing you're we're reorganizing and so we don't want to let you go all together we'll give you a chance to compete for your job which yeah. is very common occurrence uh 
but uh, but very difficult and and where the whole notion of pride and shame and all those other emotions that that are stem off of them uh come into play yeah uh yeah. so let's do a little review for the listener and then we'll talk a little bit more after that so what what again do they 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 should be seeing and hearing about a good a good role of conversation that they're they're playing part of or, or at least watching well I, I again it's it's that thinking about what what is there beyond the topical that makes the topic um not just not just your understanding of what what is being talked about but how are two or more people in the conversation making that topic real and meaningful um and and mutually understood that's a that's a practice and it's one that both involves these conversational levels all the parts the social linguistic practices and that put it all together but also this relational and it's the relational that kind of gives that sense of inaction as there's there's kind of a mutual agreement about what's the authority behind what's being mutually understood at that moment mm -hmm. um, and what ought to be known so so you know in in that brief conversation you were expected to understand what deanna was talking about yes um and had you not quite got the subtlety of her um you know her, her revelation that her job was changing mm -hmm. um you know she would have had to try again and explain it more carefully and, yeah and, and then it could become a much different feeling of conversation should couldn't it it, would, yeah. you know, it wouldn't have that sense of collaboration and i think that's where we started the set uh we talk about collaboration talk a little bit about what it means to be collaborating a conversation not just collaborating for a conversation but actually taking these turns as a way of collaborating isn't it doing the uh, this connecting and doing the labor if you will of yeah. keeping a conversation going so right. that that topic can become realized more clearly so that people then have a better sense of uh, what they want each other to say you know that whole notion of accountability so yeah and that's not to say that the topic is then reified because you can see that it's not something that has its own power in a sense every both parties have to have to keep building and rebuilding what the right. topic is at each moment so right. and, and that's that's also an interesting way to think about the live dynamic of, of talk mm. the meanings of words are not stable they are not pre-given they are not they always would have to be renewed for that for that moment and in that sense created for that moment and that's mm another aspect of an action it's it's very much uh, looking at the now and the ongoing mm -hmm. uh, present so like the moment where uh, she said uh, a, a transformation and uh and i quickly added the ing we took that one word which then was the topic of that instant <laughs> i'm transforming my job is transforming and she was saying you know nothing stays the same very long so i said well why don't we yeah to think of it as more transforming and she instantly agreed so in a way we 
we took that topic and gave it a little bit more uh, airtime and mm -hmm. a little bit more power. And then after that, if we were to play the, the whole rest of this short clip, which we don't have time for now, if right after that moment, you'd begin to see how we could use the fact that we understand now that there is a transformation and it's it's happening and it's happening to her and, and be even before she expected it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, you know, we could shift our talking just about that or we could continue to do what this was to be, which is what's going on in your life these days. Take, take me, you know, take me through uh, your what's going on so we can get an understanding of what you do. Uh, so you see where what happened right after that transforming comment? Well, we, we could go ahead and play it. Just let's play it. Yeah, let's sure. get some fun. <laughs> little time, you know, thriving. And so yep. I hope that when you do close. Oh, sorry, I guess I'll start over. Okay. You know, thriving. And so yep. I hope that when you do close the deal, whatever the next deal will be for you, that you'll make sure that there's some way that you can get that wonderful satisfaction to, yeah. to say it worked. Does that make and sense? That, and, uh, yeah, it definitely. And I think that's the thing is, you know, again, is, is being in that stillness. I recognize really it is about finding more moments of joy for yourself, mm -hmm. finding really what makes you happy and I'm a builder, you know, I might not actually, I do, you know, I even like building things in my house or with, with wood or, you know, wh whatever it is, I'm a builder. And when I think about how I can consult to a company and I'm actually helping to cr build that infrastructure and create it and watch it thrive. Um, those are the moments of joy that I just wasn't getting anymore working in a large company. Of course and, not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and that could, it's just, that's just particular to me. I know a lot of people when I was talking about leaving or like, how, you know, God, like people would kill for your job and everybody would love to, to work for a large company and, you know, they're fortune 100, fortune 50. How could you give it up? But it's just, it's just not a good fit for me. I need to be in someplace a little bit smaller. Mm -hmm. um, where at least even if, if it's not about the size of the company, it's about the amount of impact I have the ability to deliver. It is. So what about that? Wasn't that yeah. amazing? Yeah. So what do you see there? Just, just briefly. Well, in just, in just um, that, what a maybe 23 seconds. I don't know how long that was. About a minute. Yeah. An awful lot came up. Uh, her self image as a builder that goes to a very basic level of practice. You know, well, I have a professorship and all the other things, but I really am as a teacher and I'll teach anywhere. What I, you know, and because she sees herself as someone who builds, that means someone who would be more involved in the starting up of things, which indeed she did for this job some years back. She created this job for her company out, out, out in, the, in the Middle East. So she's got that feeling like if I'm going to be a builder, I want to build so I can be closer to the results, uh, which you'd get if she were in a smaller company. So that uh, and and we don't we don't know if she's actually going to go to a smaller company. She's she's taking these ideas out and and sharing them with a with a friend who I am a mentor and uh, testing them. And I think I was at that moment I put more probably a little more power into the conversation where I said, yeah, you've got to be sure this is something that's good for you that you that you feel good about. Mm -hmm. It was a bit of preaching there, but yeah. I. I <laughs> I, 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 
so many people get burned out in this in these corporate jobs yeah and, and that they just get that feeling of oh if i had to do i've got to do this 10 more years uh i can't do it and so i was saying well here's a time good moment <laughs> find out what you like to do best and have and she said and i want to have joy yeah yeah so it, it's really a lot of uh vulnerable presentation of self Mm -hmm. she certainly couldn't have with her hr <laughs> people no not that moment or, or, or the people who made the decision to transfer her mm -hmm. um so and so then if you were wondering why you know you felt that way then you when you do look at in the term interpretation you just gave when you you could then go back and look well well let's look at the details of how this was done and mm -hmm. um you know the agreement and the uh, points at which she is um, kind of stammering a bit. Those mm -hmm. could be seen as moments of of uh, embarrassment or or saying things that were more sensitive. Um, but then, and then you you know, at that moment you give a mm -hmm, you know little um, signs of agreement and encouragement. Yeah. So yeah, you can really then dig down deep and and look at how it's actually done to to achieve that that uh, mutual topical conversation. Wow. Well, as we're moving down on the last few minutes of our uh, podcast recording time, Dave, uh, we're going to show some colleagues who teach organization behavior how to look with a almost like a microscope at a little sample of of people talking me and this uh, other person and and looking through these three levels if you know maybe one at a time hardly uh, able to do it at the same time but getting that sense that you all there's always going to be a topic there's always going to be the work or, pr or practice of conversation to make that topic even a topic and that if you if it's if it's going well however you want to define well meaning people are not f pulling themselves apart and basically hoping to end the conversation they're moving closer there's more energy uh that's what we look for in organization behavior if that's what we look for when we're looking for leadership happening leadership is an occurrence not a role it's like it's it happens or it doesn't so you can see it in that a little clip of conversation maybe what i was trying to do was reinforce and leader in the direction of looking even more deeply into alternative jobs and small startups that could have been a leadership moment she could have pushed back on it saying no actually I, you know but it, it so there's so much you can see yeah yeah, there is. Um, and, uh, and we did put up, we did a version of this um, talk for um, a conference Evolve 2021, which, and we put the um, whole session up on the Inaction Research website. So if you go to inactionresearch.com and look under content and videos, you'll find it currently as, as the first item up there, Evolve 2021. Um, and um, hopefully it is still working so that you can see, see that session. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I, I hope people do. I hope people, uh, have 
two huge curiosities as a result of all the work that you and I and, and then Peter started doing, and that is a real curiosity about how they are in practice in so many ways. And now, including that they have to get very good at conversing. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. it's not speeches alone, conversing, two or more people, a small group, in, taking turns and doing a whole lot of important and action in that particular practice. And then the other is that something that we, we just take for granted, but it happens, I would guess, if we had a proportion of our day where we were in conversation, either electronically or face-to-face, -face, as we're coming more back to face-to-face, -face, it would be, I don't know, 60, what do you guess, 60, 70% of our time we're in conversation in a, in a work day? Uh, it could be, yeah. It depends on the job. I, 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 yeah. I, I think I'm down to twenty percent, but I'm writing long emails all the time. It's getting yeah. annoying. <laughs> Unfortunately, those can't be very conversational, even no. if you're writing in the tone, because you don't have that instant, you know, feedback and the be able to look at someone's eyes and see how they're reacting. Yeah. But I think, yeah, for a lot of jobs, uh, it may be twenty percent, it may be sixty percent. Uh, yeah, but my I mean, point. My point is that it's almost close to as basic as breathing. Yeah, as social animals, there are very few ways that we can hold ourselves in any sense of society, community, family, friendship, uh, work relationship. If we aren't able to enact those moments through conversation, yeah. That a fair analysis? It is, yeah, and the whole other conversation about how Zoom and then mm -hmm. chat things like Slack and texting uh, starts to break down aspects of that and and what that means. It is and an important uh, conversation for another, for another another time. Yeah. Well, so. thank you, uh, thank you, Dave. Uh, I uh, will. Um, pause uh, stop the recording and we'll wrap up and uh, we'll have another episode in the works uh, by tomorrow. <laughs> I'm getting good at doing all this editing and getting it up on the web. So uh, this one will be a lot of fun to get up there. Thank you. Thanks. If you'd like to hear more, listen in on Spotify, Automatic, Apple Podcasts or go to inactionresearch.com slash podcasts dash page. And if you'd like to learn more about social inaction and the nature of practice, head over to inactionresearch.com for more information. Thank you for supporting this show. We look forward to hearing from you soon.